Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and Pastors Richard and Helen Kabakian can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. Good morning, Lifehouse. Come on, let's get to our feet. Go like that. I can't hear you. One more. It's a great feeling. Don't you love that feeling? When you're just like, just, just ready, just ready to receive, just ready to hear from heaven this morning, yes? I'm ready to hear from heaven this morning. One more. Father God, we just thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that, that you see each of us. Not one of us, not one of us is outside your span of attention. Not one of us, Holy Spirit, has been neglected by your eye today. And Lord God, you see every heart. And Lord, today we say, open my heart and speak to me. Open my heart and speak to me. You know, some of us have never, maybe never said that before. Maybe you're brand new in this room. But right now I'm praying for you that you would open your heart and let the Spirit of Heaven speak to you. So Lord God, use my words. Lord, open our ears. May we receive truth and courage this morning as, as we're in your house, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. At the back there, we said amen. All right, you can take a seat. Say good morning to someone with a big smile on the way to your seat. (sighs) Can I encourage you? How gorgeous is this? Do you like the gold foil on the front? You know what? We take time to create this because what it says is what we're doing has value. What we're... What we're moving into is significant. Significant enough to take time to articulate it, to put vision to it, to help capture your heart. So can I encourage you to take it home, to actually read it? It's really, I must say, quite inspiring. I must say myself. But, uh, (laughs) and you know what, why not just put it on your coffee table, take it to the office, take it with you. Let this help you understand the, the, the significance of what you're part of, the, 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 enlarge, the largeness of what you're part of. You're not part of something small or insignificant. We're, we've got big vision and we're all part of this thing. So take this home and, and enjoy it and I pray that it just really stirs your heart and obviously um, the giving envelope, which next week we're going to bring back and we're going to um, have our... Miracle offering and then a big lunch. It's going to be a big day. Can I suggest we're doing one service? So look around the room. Mm, We're pretty full. So if you came on Good Friday and you worked out that the place was packed, I suggest next week you come a little bit early. There'll be coffee out there. So get here early, get a car park, get in the house, bring your faith, come expectant, believe in God to do big things as all of us come together. Amen. Amen. One of um, our church's core values is actually generosity. That if you cut Open Lifehouse Church. If you chop it down the middle, 
that you'll see generosity as one of our heart things. And maybe you're here for the very first time today. Maybe someone's brought you, you're a visitor. And first of all, I want to say thank you so much for coming. We're so glad that you're here. You're very welcome. You're welcome to come again. You don't have to do... There's no official stuff that makes you welcome. You don't need an ID card or... Maybe, no, you don't. And um, so you can come again, but you know, I hope that as you've walked into this place that you've experienced a spirit of generosity, that you, when you had a coffee that there was a generous smile meeting you. And so you know what, when you look around what you see here, when you look around what God has done over 13 years, it's only because of people who are generous. Yeah. It's only, this does not happen by accident. It happens because not only is that value something we have on a piece of paper, that value is who we are. That value is who you are. Amen? Amen. So why don't you poke the person beside you and say, you are so generous. You are a generous person. And, it, and what we've got ahead of us is only going to happen if we are people with a generous spirit and who can believe for God to to bless us as we are generous. And today I want to start in Esther chapter 4. And um, you can read this story for yourself if you've never read it. Esther, there's about 10 chapters. It's a great story. Um, It's it's history. It's the, the, the history of the Persian Empire. It's not just a great story in the Bible. It is actually what happened. And um, uh, if you've never read it, can I suggest you take time to do that? There's movies about it. It's obviously, you know, something that the world finds intriguing. But I want to pick up in a particular part of the story in Esther chapter 4. And um, Esther has become the queen of the Persian Empire at this point in time. The Persian Empire spread very, very largely um, across that bit of the world there, like it was really big. And... um, She was the queen. She'd been appointed the queen. And she was a Jew. And um, she was living in this palace. She was living in luxury. She had a fantastic life. She was um, spoiled. She smelt good. She had gorgeous clothing. She had beautiful jewellery. She was in an amazing position. And um, she hears that her uncle, Mordecai, is actually outside the city gate and he's in dirty clothes, and he's smelly, he hasn't washed, he's ripped and torn his clothes, he's, he's in a bad way. All the Jews were out there doing this, and, and Esther's like, oh my gosh, what's happened to my uncle? I should help him. I should, I should do something to, to make him feel better, because something bad's obviously happened. So what I'll do is I'll send him a nicely folded pack of clean clothes. Anyone holidayed in Bali? Anyone been to Bali? When you're in Bali or, I don't know, probably other Asian nations where they can take your laundry and it's really cheap and then they clean your clothes and they bring them back for you, they're folded meticulously. And the smell, it, it, it was in my laundry for like a month after I got home from Bali, this, this beautiful smell. I imagine what she sent to Mordecai was something like that. It was packed nicely. It smelled good. And so she sends this lovely pack of clothing and Mordecai's response to this lovely pack of clothing is, no, thank you. But, but I've been so kind, compassionate, a gesture, of, a gesture of love. He goes, send that back to Esther and let her know that is not going to cut it. Some clean clothes in a pretty bag are not going to cut it for what's going on out here. What's going on? What's going on is that one of her husband's main men has decided to destroy her whole race, has decided that that the whole Jewish race will be murdered. That's what's going on. That's what's happened. 
So I'm sorry, Esther, but that is not going to cut it. Clean clothes are not going to get you through this one. Your gesture is lovely, but it's not enough. You're, you're making yourself feel better, like you've released your guilt, is not going to solve it. Right now, I need action. Right now, I need you to do something significant. Right now, Esther, what her, husband, her uncle tells her is, I need you to go to the king. I need you to go before the king. And I need you to tell him that... These are your people and he should not be killing them. He doesn't even know about this decree. You have to tell the king. You are the only one who can rescue us. And so the word goes back to Esther and Esther says, oh, oh, oh my gosh. Oh no, I can't. I can't. My uncle doesn't understand that if I go before the king, he hasn't called for me and anyone who goes before the king just because they want to if he doesn't lift his golden staff, he can have them executed. My uncle doesn't realise that this could cost me my life. I don't think he understands that I could die today if I do this. And um, so she sends word back to Mordecai and, and Mordecai responds. He says, yeah, you might lose your life. Yes, what is required is such a cost that you could die. But if you don't, you'll die anyway. But if you do and the king responds, if you take this risk, if you step out in faith, if you step into a, a faith zone and trust and trust that you are the one who can rescue our nation, you will deliver a whole nation of people. So will you do this, Esther? Will you do this? Will you go for it? And the word comes back to Esther and Esther's like, oh, wow, this is so really what you're saying is I, I have to lay down my life. This is going to cost me. This is going to be significant. And I imagine that she probably thought about it for a little while. Maybe she slept on it overnight. And then she decides, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll count the cost. If I die, I die. But I, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go before the king. But, but you guys better get on your knees and start praying. You better fast and pray with me for the next three days. I'm going to fast and pray. You better get God involved. You better get on our knees and say, God, we need you. We're going to step out in faith. We're going to step into a zone where you can come through. But God, we need you. We need you. And you know what? I think that we find ourselves at Lifehouse Church in a position a little bit like Esther. Where God, where right now we're on this, this, this spot where we're in a position of a time like this, just now, where we're on the brink of so much that God can do, on the point where there's so much ahead of us. And God says to each of us, will you stretch? Will you count the cost? Will you go beyond what is comfortable? Will you go beyond with just a little token of, oh, I've done my bit? Will you go the extra mile and say, I'm happy to count the cost for the sake of liberating a nation? For the sake of liberating a people? For the sake of reaching beyond myself and what's comfortable for me? Do you, like She was in a very comfortable place and Esther was actually oblivious to the distress of her people. And we can find ourselves in this room in a very comfortable place. We can find ourselves in a beautiful room with air conditioning and sound and we can come and go and it's very easy to be oblivious to what's going on in the lives around us, in our neighbour's home, in our back neighbour's home, in our cousin's marriage in our friend's work, in his business where, where creditors are breathing down his neck. We can be oblivious because we're in this lovely world, but God says, will you count the cost so I can reach them? Will you count the cost so I can go beyond what you experience and what you have right here? Will you let me bless you? And, and at the end of that story, the end of that story, Mordecai, um, Esther goes to the king 
he, he finds out what's going on, and so the bad guy in the the bad guy in his um in his team is put to death, and in the end, Mordecai is the number two. He becomes basically the prime minister of the nation. And Esther and all her people live in peace, blessing, luxury. So she laid down her life, but the blessing came. She laid down her life, and God came through with the blessing. Amen? Amen. How are you going up there? At the back. You good? Oh, they were quiet. Okay. So what we're going to do? So what I wanted to tell you. How are you going out there? You good? Come on, come on. You've got to get a bit responsive this morning. I need some noise out of the place. We can't get quiet on me. So this is an opportunity I believe is presented to all of us every day. Sometimes it's significant, and I think what's ahead for us as a church is significant. But every day, you and I are presented with opportunities where we can lay down our lives for others. We can either go the token or we can go the whole way. We can actually sacrifice something of ourselves so others can be blessed and we can be blessed. We find ourselves faced with opportunities for generosity every single day. We can choose just to do the little or we can choose to go the extra mile and believe God will bless it. And I think God is challenging us. The Holy Spirit is stirring our hearts and he's saying, come on, come on, go the extra mile. Say those kind words you don't feel like saying. Go the extra mile. Be generous. Be generous. Give that beautiful gift that maybe that person doesn't quite, you don't think they quite deserve, but go the extra mile. Go the extra mile for your neighbour. Go the extra mile. Count the cost. You know, I see in um, my daughter Sarah and Darcy, you know, they've invested, they're investing their lives in training for the kingdom, for what we do right here, to sow, to plant churches, to, to um, invest in, in the kingdom on the long term. But can I tell you, they're counting the cost. Sarah's in Sydney, she's here today, which was great to have her on the platform. But you know, as I was here, I'm thinking, you know what, they're really, they're counting the cost here. I don't know how many relationships could stay true and strong while one lives in Sydney and one lives in Melbourne and then what a gracious guy. She goes, I want to stay longer and he goes, okay. (laughs) Something tells me that okay cost him. Something tells me that okay was not about himself, it was for her. It was a... I'm going to lay down me so that you can grow, but God, you better show up and do some mighty things with our lives. Amen. (laughs) There better be 10 churches, 10 churches planted as multiplication. That's what I believe. So God wants us to stretch. He wants us to to go beyond. Why? So he can bless us with a blessing. So we can reach beyond ourselves and and see history changed in our communities. He wants us to live bigger so others can live better around us. Now, generosity, it costs. It always costs. If, it's, if it doesn't cost, then I would say it's not generosity. For example, how many parents assume they should feed their own children? I think it's pretty reasonable you feed your kids. Feeding your kids is not generous. It's just something that I think your kids have a right to, that they get lunch or breakfast. Um, having a friend who is kind to you, I think that's pretty much a, a standard expectation on a friend. It's not really over and above, or they wouldn't be your friend, true? What about your cafe? You go to a cafe. How generous do you feel when you pay the bill? You ate the food. That's not generous. That's just paying the bill. They're not generous. They're just rights. They're just expectations that are normal. Generosity has to go beyond that. Generosity has to be more than that. For, like, for example, as a parent, you know, my Stephanie, she's my number two, she was little, and she was really wiggly. 
She just could not sit still. She just would always be moving, moving, running. Like she just would be, you know, always very busy, busy. So when I was at church and she was little, we didn't have an amazing area for parents like that we've got here. We didn't have a fantastic kids program like we've got upstairs. I had to have my kids with me in church and they had to be quiet or you'd get into trouble. So my little Stephanie, I would go to church every week and it would look like this. Sit still. Sit still. Sit still. Sit still. Sit still. Sit sit still. Sit 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 still. Right there was generosity. Right there was I want to do things that I shouldn't. Right there was a generous spirit that said, I want to teach my daughter. I want to discipline my daughter. I want to help her be all she can be. I want to put in the extra mile. I want to teach her to sit because if I teach her to sit and listen, then when she's an adult, she'll be able to sit and listen and take direction and be able to study and grow and, 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 and do the academic level that she's doing because she learned to sit. She learned to listen. So my generosity as a parent has helped build a young person who can now take on life by, and do amazing things. Amen? But it took generosity. You know, when we sit with our kids and do their homework, you know, we can sort of be like, oh, I'm too busy. Just you know, Generosity is, you know what? In 15 minutes when I finish cooking dinner, I will sit with you. I will not watch my favourite TV show. I will miss out on my latte. I'll sit with you and and we'll do this together. That's generosity. That's generosity above and beyond what we feel like we have to do. Maybe it's Maybe it's the hard words, praising, praising God when we feel like things are going bad, when God doesn't really even deserve me to say thank you or, or you're awesome because things are tough. But that's generosity. That's a generous spirit that says, God, despite what's going on, I will praise you. I will lift you up. I will glorify you despite what's going on. Generosity. Generosity in your business. Generosity motivates us to live our lives for others, to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of those around us. Maybe your business, training your people, training who's around you, not for yourself, They may not be with you forever, believing that they might go on to bigger and better things, that they will be blessed beyond what maybe you'll be blessed. But why? Because you're generous. You're generous. I want to show you what God says to us. God says to us in Deuteronomy 15.10, he says, Give generously to them, others, people around us, and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, because of what? Your generosity. The Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. When you're generous, God actually blesses your, your work life. You're believing for a, a raise. You're believing for that promotion. Live generously. Stay late at the office. Come earlier. Help the boss. Fill the gap that you know is there that isn't your responsibility, but you know you can do and do well. Live generously and God will bless you. God will bring the reward. It's not just, don't just live in, in small measures. Live in generous measures and God can bless you. Come on. God can bring you abundant blessing because he is the most generous of all. There is no one as generous as our God. What he has done for us has just outpoured everything that we could possibly need. And Titus 3 verses 5 to 7 says, he saved us not because of righteous things we have done, but because of 
his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Saviour, so that having been justified by grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. God is just so generous. He's so generous that he's given us everything we need. He's given us salvation. He's rescued us from anything you've ever imagined that you've done wrong and what you've done wrong. Anything you've imagined that could separate you from him and what may have separated you from him, he's solved that problem. Then when he's solved that problem, it's like, that's not enough. I've got more. I'm going to actually fill you up with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you all the tools and equipment that you need to live this life in power. I'm going to help you overcome. I'm going to help you overcome bondages and strongholds. And I'm going to give you all that because I'm God and I have everything. And then he says, do you want that? When we say, yes, yes, God, we want that. Because fantastic. And he blesses us with that. He blesses us. He tells us that everything belongs to him. Isaiah 66, verse 1 and 2 says, Heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you build me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being. God tells us here, he says, Guys, I love your building. Actually, I love what you've got in store. I love the plans. Like God's like, oh, I love the kids' ministry. It's going to be so awesome. And the East having a building, wow, that's great. But it's going to be so cool. But by the way, I sort of, I own the whole earth. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Like God, sometimes we think this impresses God. God like, you know who, who this is for? It's for us. It's for our neighbours. It's for our friend who's never been to church. It's for the community out there. That's what this is all for. God goes, I love it. I love it. I'm proud of you. You need it. You need a vehicle to function in. But don't think you've wowed me, really. What wows me is when you is your heart, your heart of sacrifice, when you're willing to get me involved in the process, when you're willing to stretch and just like Esther, say, God, we need you. God, I'm going to, I'm, this, is, this could cost me everything. God, I'm going beyond my comfortable, but can you please turn up? Can you please turn up in this gap? That, that's when the Heavenly Father goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Here's some room. Here's some room. Heaven, heaven, heaven. Did you notice? Did you notice? Did you notice those guys down there at Lifehouse? They're getting excited. They're stretching. They're going beyond the comfort zone. They're believing for me to get involved. They're opening the door for a miracle. Guys, angels, have you seen what they're doing down there at Lifehouse Church? That's what gets God excited. Because when we show him that we're willing to trust him, step one. He tells us, the first thing I want from you is that you'd give me your first, that you'd give me the first thing you've got. What that means is that you will humble yourself, that you'll say, oh my gosh, God, you've got it all. You don't need us, really. I need you. You are it. You are, you are, you've got it all. So when we give back to God our first, really what we're saying to him is, it's yours anyway. Because everything belongs to you. So, Father, I thank you for what you've given me, but it came from you. So I want to honour you with it. And the second thing he says to us, he says, one, humble yourself. Two, he says, trust me. Apply some faith. 
Put some faith in it. Like, okay, God, I've given you, I I know that I can't be without you, but I need you. I'm desperate for you. I can't do this thing without you. And the Word tells us that number three is blessing. One plus two equals three. Humility plus faith equals blessing. You know, in the Israelites, God told the Israelites that they had to sacrifice the first baby lamb from each ewe. So all they had all their little their farm and they had their ewes there with their nice fairy coats, you know. And when and then they would record the season would come and the first you would first baby lamb would be born. Oh, the first baby lamb is so cute. And God said, Everything is mine. Every lamb, every you that you have is mine. Every piece of grain and seed I have given you. So what I want you to do is trust me and give me. You know when that you that really is mine anyway gives you a lamb, I want you to give me the first one. I want you to sacrifice it for me. I want you to admit that everything's yours and I trust you, God, to supply more. Do you think that farmer knew if that you would have another baby lamb? He didn't know. He didn't have any idea how many baby lambs would come out of that one you. He had no idea. But by faith. By faith, he took that lamb and he would sacrifice it and he would say, Father God, I'm just saying that I need you and I trust that you're going to bless this you and I will see more because I've counted the cost. I'm going to see more come. I've sacrificed like Esther. She sacrificed believing that God would bring a blessing and rescue her whole nation, which he did. And you know, when we bring, when we bring our income, our finance, our tithe, our 10% into God's house, you know that's what we're actually saying? When you take the first of your income, God's telling us he's going to bless our income. He's going to make it more and more. But he goes, but when you give me your first, what you're really saying to me is, oh God, I need you. The only reason I have this job is because of you. So thank you for what I have. And before I even know if I'm going to have enough, sufficient, I'm going, to trust you. I'm going to trust you with this and say, God, bless the rest. Bless the rest of the baby lambs. Bless the rest of my income, Father. And you know what? I would rather live. I would rather live. I personally would rather live on 90% of my income that's blessed by a miracle working God than 100% that doesn't have his hand on it. Because I know my God is a miracle working God. I know my God is a miracle working God. So when we put God first, he blesses everything. When we give him the first of our day, he blesses our day, makes our day productive and fruitful. And we just stop as we get out of bed and say, oh, Heavenly Father, I just want to just tell you today that I need you. I love you. Maybe find time to just open the Word. Let His Scripture just stir your spirit. Shifts the whole, shifts the whole day. Suddenly you're productive all day. It shocks me. Like sometimes I get to the end of a day, I go, oh, wow, that was a great, I'm like, oh, hang on. I gave the first, God bless the rest. When you don't, it just doesn't have the same, same thing about it. What about our relationships? You know, when I give God my heart first, when He has the first of my affection, the first of my affection, suddenly all my other relationships are sweeter. All my other relationships are better. 
When I love God first, He then filters through me and says, don't say mean words to your husband. Stop being a nag. You're bossing him around. Be kind to him. Back off, love. All these things. The Holy Spirit, because I gave him room first. All my other relationships have far more love, far more love. My friendships, all those things. God blesses whatever we put after Him. Put Him first. Let Him take care of the rest. Let Him take care of the rest. You know what, Esther? (sighs) Esther, I want to go back to this chapter here. Esther chapter 4. And she says, When Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, he sent back this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows, but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And you know what, who knows? Have you found yourself right where you are today for such a time as this? For our miracle offering, where you're at in your, your, your own life. But I think as a body, we're in a place for such a time as this. And the thing that I love about Esther was that she was living in luxury. She was living in a, a place with amazing um, servants around her. She was, it was beautiful. She was actually oblivious to what was going on outside of her world. And it was very easy to ignore that she had the ability and the significance to change a whole nation. And sometimes we can feel insignificant. Sometimes we can feel that our part might not matter, that our part might not be that important. But what if Esther had felt like that that day? What if Esther had said, you know what, I'm going to draw back. So as a mom, you draw back. My kids don't need that extra hug. My kids don't need me to sit on the couch with them. My partner doesn't need my heart to be all there. I'm a bit distracted. My, My church, this thing, this vision I'm a part of doesn't need me to stretch. As long as everyone else stretches, it'll be okay. But no, I believe we're all called. I believe we're all called. To, to stretch, to let God use us, to let the Holy Spirit stir in us, yeah. a stretching, yeah? yeah? I'm stretching. It's amazing how God is always stretching me to new, new levels of things, new, come on, Helen, be more generous, be more generous with your words, be more generous with your gifts, be more, ge- because when you do that, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. Heaven's just going, I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. I want to see you blessed. I want to see you happy. I want to see your life's flourishing. I want to see you have influence and overflow and dynamic authority and power. I want you to be a great body of people. I want your home to be a great place. I want your children to be raised with with vision and, and dreams. I want to bless you. I want to bless you. He goes, but one, you have to humble yourself. Tell, remind yourself that you need me. Two, apply some faith. So you're going to have to have a gap where you have to have me involved. You have to have a gap where God can show up. And He says, and I will bless you. Come on, on, let's get to our feet because I believe God wants to see us blessed this morning. God loves us. He loves us.
He's passionate about us. But I believe He's stirring us to stretch. He's stirring us. We're, we're at this crossroad. And He's saying, are you going to choose to sacrifice or are you just going to do the token thing? Are you just going to give me the, the nice sealed, fresh clothes that didn't cost you much? Or are you ready to count the cost? Come on, why don't we close our eyes right across this place? That's you this morning, if you're ready to count the cost, if you're ready to create a space in your life where our miracle working God can show up and, and bring and bring blessing. If that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hands? I'd love to pray for you. You're believing for God to, to come through and to, to take you to the next level of faith, to expand, expand what you're believing Him for, to dream bigger. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want to pray for you. Father God, I thank you, Father God, for, for Esther. I thank you for what you've shown us today. That, Lord, you want us to think beyond our walls, that you want us to think beyond our own, our own comfort, our own zone where we just think about ourselves, Father God, but to think beyond about the influence that we can have, about the ability that we have for you to bless us so we can be a blessing, for you to expand us so we can expand others. So Father God, today I pray you would just seal this word in every single heart, in Jesus' Name. Amen, 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 amen. Come on, let's give a God a shout of praise. Hi, I'm Richard Kabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now and if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.